Welcome to A Creative Affair, a collection of conversations exploring creativity through the art of photography and other creative passions. I am Len, an artist currently living in Sydney, Australia. My father taught me photography at such a young age, I can't remember taking my first photographs. I can remember the camera, though. Did you know, Bree, that I have the most amazing fluffy white dog called Momo. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've even started looking after I do. him. <laughs> do you know, I've even started looking like him um, with my scruffy silver hair, silver hair and uh, my long flowing beard. Uh, he's my buddy when I go out walking with my camera. <laughs> <laughs> he is cute. I think eventually we should like post an image of both of you. <laughs> oh, we will. We definitely will. And I'm, yes, right, right. It's kind of funny how that happens. And I'm Bree. I'm a photographer and a life coach for creative people. I absolutely love watching people create like in the creative process. And I really, really love um, seeing aha moments happen in real time. It's like one of my very favorite things. And by the way, my name is just Bree. For anyone that's just wondering, my name is just Bree. There's nothing else. It's not short for anything. And it's also spelled like the cheese. Um, and a little backstory. My mom saw the movie Clute, I think in 1974 with Jane Fonda, who played a prostitute. Oh. No relevance. Are you sure? <laughs> she played it's a prostitute. Okay. I know. She played. <laughs> I'm positive. Oh. <laughs> so she played a prostitute named Bree Daniels, and my mom just loved the name. So here I am. <laughs> oh, and uh, are we definitely today... we're so pleased about that. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just glad I didn't live up to my name, or I don't know. <laughs> so, to, well, to be explored, right, you should maybe. see what my husband said. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told my husband that a long time ago, and he was like, wait, what? So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's he going to say about our affair? I know. Well, I know. <laughs> I have no idea. He knows about it, though, I'm just saying. <laughs> oh. oh, that's good. That's good. Well, and... Everyone listening, you guys, uh, you all of you get to benefit from our little creative affair. And today we're going to talk about projects. So in our last podcast, if you haven't listened to it yet, we talked about goals. And this is kind of a, an offshoot of that, of that conversation. Um, and we wanted to talk about projects because... Projects can be a goal, like you can make a project into a goal, right? Or a goal can be a project, vice versa, right? Um, but I think we want to talk about a little bit about what a project is and some of the semantics with the name and things like that. So, um, well, I really so wanted Lynn, to ask. What? Go ahead. I really wanted to ask you what is the difference between a, a a project and a goal to 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 get your perspective on that, Bree. The last podcast I talked about an impossible goal that I had, and it was a project, right? Like a project to have a gallery show. That can be a project. It's a really big project, right? Um, and a goal is something that you're working towards completing. So project can be that. 
Um, but I also think like, uh, I, and this just goes to, I've been, I've been reading Guy Tall's book. Hang on. More than a rock. Thank you, Guy Tall. Um, he has a little chapter uh, called Projects and Explorations. And so I think a project can be whatever you want it to be. And and in in this uh, in this essay that that Guy Tall talks about, and uh, so by the way, everyone listening, we we always make show notes, but I've just skipped now to the middle, <laughs> so so we'll come back. But um, I wanted to talk a little bit about his the difference that he makes between project and exploration. So a project is something that you're working towards, like you know you're going to finish. And then he also, and then he also talks about an exploration. And this is what he said. He says an exploration is sparked um, by the desire to understand something, to learn about it, to spend time with it, to tell its story or mine, with a defining with defining a specific outcome in advance. So that's like, oh, I think I wrote. It's like without defining. I think I wrote that wrong. Um, he says, I find ample and sustained reward in merely being engaged in something that interests and fascinates me, a journey that is more important than any preconceived destination. And so I think sometimes we think about a project in these kind of terms and we call it, instead of an exploration, we call it a project. Like I'm currently working on a project. I have no idea it's just something that interests me, and I have no idea when it will be done. So it's probably more like what Gaital says is like exploration. But here's the thing. It doesn't really matter what we call it, does it? And that's a really important point, isn't it? It doesn't matter whether it's a, um, a, a we're goal setting. It doesn't matter if we're making a, 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 calling it a project. It doesn't matter whether it's just an exploration. Uh, what matters is whether we're fully... Uh, engaged in it, and uh, um, uh, it's bringing us something, which really brings us to this question: What do we? Why do we work, love to work on projects and uh, these explorations and and set goals for ourselves? Um, what actually drives us to do it? And for me, uh, there's one that really comes to mind: is I just love making stuff. Um, uh, it's something that uh, I started as a child and it was uh, drawings or it might have been, um, you know, building a dam um, in the backyard for my cars and a roadway for my cars. You know, that beautiful childish play s- turned into making art and uh, a photography for me it has been become this really beautiful extension of making things. So one of the things that for me is making stuff. Yeah, I agree. I make stuff all the time. In fact, I make stuff more like photography is kind of a more recent thing for me, but I make projects like I, I ha- almost have to be engaged in some sort of project. Um, when we moved, we moved into our house here in Austin, Texas, by the way, I'm in Texas <laughs> and Len is in Sydney. <laughs> so we do this from one side of the world to the other, which is so fun. Um, but when we moved into this house six years ago, there were like specific pieces of furniture that I wanted or like spaces I wanted to fill. And, and I decided I wanted them like specific dimensions. And so I just learned how to make stuff. I was like, okay, I need a thing for my TV. I'm going to learn how to make it. You know what? It's awesome. Like 
I have this beautiful piece that my TV sits on because I just learned how to do it. I decided that I, what I wanted to do. And then I did all the things to, you know, do the project. Um, and, and I just think the act that, that creating and, and figuring things out is just, our, our brains kind of want that. Like, I think our brains kind of, or at least creative people's brains, they kind of crave that, like needing, almost needing to make stuff. So that's right? very much about your hands, I just, isn't I it? love doing it. Do you think that's very much about Yo, your hands yeah, I admit. And, and an incredibly physical thing yeah. for you? And for me also, there's a, the, the mental growth um, uh, learning, uh, uh, thinking, uh, so much of my projects uh, and ideas also swirl around in my head. So not only is it a physical um, uh, process of making things, uh, it's also uh, an intellectual um, process where uh, I really love exploring ideas and seeing where they go and uh, pushing myself to go into new directions and understand uh, my art. It's a it's a lovely thing. Yeah. Uh, One of the ones. I was going to say I love. Go ahead. (laughs) This is one of the things with doing it across the world is there's a little tiny bit of delay sometimes. Yeah, and uh, Brie and I are still getting to. Bree and I are still learning to get to know each other and uh, uh, figuring out how to uh, have our beautiful uh, conversations and and our affair, of course. Um, But uh, I I think projects and goals and uh, uh, these little explorations uh, give us direction. They actually give me uh, something mentally to focus on, that uh, instead of just uh, um, wandering, which I do do a lot of, um, uh, often when I'm working in a creative endeavour, my mind comes back to one of my specific projects and it actually focuses me. And I don't mean focus my camera, I mean it focuses my mind and gives me something to work on. And uh, uh, that focus is one of the loves that I have uh, for creating. Uh, it, it helps me switch off and, and, and uh, gets me away from the rest of the world. Yeah, and do you know what that is? Do you know what that focus is? I wrote it in our notes. Oh, did you? Okay, so this is a little bit of... Yeah, this is a little bit of coaching brain stuff. So um, we have in our brains a little part of it called, uh, and and listen, I'm not like a brain scientist, um, uh, so I don't know everything about it, Um, but we have this in our brains, this little part called the reticular activating system. Okay, so I know it sounds science-y, but what it does is... When we give our minds, when we give our brains a project to work on, right? Like when you talked about giving yourself a direction, what it does is it gets our minds to work on what we want it to. Like it acts as a filter um, for our brain instead of like, because it, like 
if you think of it like a like kind of like a sieve, um, it it allows the information to get through that we tell it is important, right? So it takes what you like. It just takes what we say to focus on, and then it it gives us that information. So like if I say um, like if I say I want to uh, well, let me just do a really like kind of an interesting one like like let's say my son's name is Dylan well it is Dylan actually so but until I named him Dylan I didn't notice anybody else's name Dylan but now when I hear the word Dylan it totally stands out to me because my brain now has it, it goes through this this name goes through my filter and it it stands out to me right and so that's what this part of our brains do and so when we work on a project um, it will, our, our minds will then like feed us. It's kind of like, it, it kind of is weird because we think like the, just the universe is presenting to us the things that we're working on, but it's more of, and that can happen sometimes too, but it's more of what, um, what we've told our brain to work on, on a subconscious level. And then we notice it and that's how we can work on the project in such a, like a magical way. So um, so anyway, that's my little thing about our brains. <laughs> so. Isn't that just wonderful? I, I suppose it's a it's a bit like a, um, putting blinkers on a horse. You know, you you're, you're shutting out yeah. so many other possibilities and stopping your brain going off in those things, and you're really uh, focusing in. Uh, it's it's like problem solving um, or even goal setting is that. By narrowing our focus, we become uh, much more attentive to it and uh, focused at it, don't we? And uh, we shut stuff out in that process. I love that. It's a filter. It's a sieve. Um, uh, it stops distraction. Mm. Isn't that just yeah, wonderful? Yeah, or a project can be a distraction. Like if if we have something hard kind of i'm not saying we shouldn't address it i mean i'm a life coach so i think we should address it and find out what's going on there but if we have something hard going on in our lives and um i think sometimes having a project can be kind of a fun way to relieve our mind from some of the hard stuff that we're doing um and 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 to, to give our mind something that's fun, right? Because like whenever I'm doing a project, I'm like, well, this is fun. Even if it's like challenging, I still have a good time doing it. I mean, obviously I've created it for myself. <laughs> so, so. Um, but how for about me, you? Have you done any projects that? I was just going to say um, with the distraction and, and I want a distraction, the, the project can't be... Um, pushing me right to the edge. So I'll give you an example that I, I write uh, many a magazine article and writing is incredibly difficult for me. Uh, I, I uh, suffer from dyslexia. Uh, I had trouble um, spelling and writing is such a, a painful thing. So if I'm going to actually be creative and sit down and write... I have to have ev I have to have a distraction-free environment. I need absolute silence. I, um, I have to have my desk has to be clean. My studio has to be beautiful and clean, um, and uh, you know the bank bills all have to be paid. And I really have to have a clear space to do that. And, and I can't have any of those distractions. But when I'm in an upset mode, 
and I want a distraction, I can work on a, a project that's really light and gentle um, and get lost in it. So it, it, it really depends uh, uh, what, what difficulty and uh, how much um, uh, mental focus I'm going to need in them because some of them, like writing, uh, it's such a, a mental activity and other projects that I do, um, like I was doing yesterday, photographing flowers out in the botanic gardens. Um, I was just uh, uh, totally lost off in another world and uh, it became uh, such a beautiful distraction and to be out in a garden photographing flowers. Yeah, and you told me too uh, that you will go out. Um, so this is part of what it, what like how we can do our projects or do our explorations, right? Um, Like you, one of the things that you told me was that you have kind of this bag. Is this a literal bag of tricks? No, it's a... Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, it's an imaginary bag of tricks, and uh, I actually got that from a book from um, Experiential Education, um, which is something that I, I, I grabbed onto as a philosophy for um, working with people when I was uh, uh, 18, actually. And they, they talk about that you carry around uh, a bag of um, little tricks that you pull out to 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 use with people. So as a teacher, I have a bag of tricks and I might pull out this activity or this intervention or whatever I need at this particular moment. And what I've done is I modified that metaphor um, to a, a bag of projects that I have and I call it my bag of tricks. And in there, I actually place projects and I name them and I love giving them names and I... I develop the names with other people in conversations and I allow them to, to change and I don't actually ever settle on them and it doesn't matter that the name keeps changing and uh, often with my um, creative projects, uh, they span multiple years and they keep varying and changing and some of them are ideas I had in advance and some came out of my work and actually ended up in my bag of tricks. So when I'm going out to be creative, I can, uh, depending what I'm presented with uh, and uh, the season and the weather and uh, my mood, I can dip into my bag and pull one out that actually I know what's in my bag. Um, it's not a blindfold dip in, is it? It's a, oh, no. I mean, I'm standing in a bunch of flowers. Um, I'm going to dip into my project on flowers. And yes, uh, that project on flowers has grown and grown to the point that it's actually uh, in publication or in the process of being published into a book on flowers. And so I, I love. I love that you said that um, some of your projects have, that you've preconceived them before you, like kind of before you work on them. Like sometimes we just get the idea for one, right? And then we go, we go to work on it, right? Or, or maybe it has an ending at some point or whatever. But I also love this, this piece of like an maybe this is at the point where we call it an exploration versus a project is 
seeing our work and going out and exploring, doing the, and whatever, in whatever art you do, right? You just do the art that you feel led to do, that you feel passionate about. And eventually you will start to see, right, patterns in and an interest in what you are producing. And from there, you can kind of put together, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, like I love tree silhouettes, right? And so, um, you know, I can start to put together maybe an idea that I might want more of those or what would a whole collection of those look like, right? So if I'm out in certain conditions, maybe my little piece of my brain, right, that I told it to work, like I noticed and told it to work on this, right, will start noticing these like tree silhouettes. And, and we don't even have to tell our brains to do it. They'll just start noticing it and for you um you've got this you've got this collection of different things that you can work on right so one of them is your flowers which are gorgeous yeah like one that the one that appeared in my work uh i've called it monumental monoliths and uh, i noticed i was down at the ocean and creating photographs and i was teaching a workshop actually down on the great ocean road in victoria and there's these beautiful sea stacks that come out of the water, and uh, uh, there's there's lots of them, absolute, and they're everywhere. And I noticed I kept photographing one of them, and I kept isolating it in a bigger ocean. And, and as I'm working and I'm printing my photographs out, and I'm actually sticking them on the wall, uh, and uh, teaching and watching, and I'm looking, coming back to my work, suddenly it dawns on me. I'm actually creating this photograph with one object in the water, just one rock in the water. And then I, mm. I moved them all together in a little group and separated them. And then, oh, actually, Len, uh, there's uh, something going on here that is similarity. They're, they're talking to each other. They're having a conversation. They're becoming united as a, as a group of work. Um, uh, oh, I really love this. Uh, and then I named it and I, I brainstormed it with the people that I was with and I came up with this, this name and I, I created a, a, a folder or a collection in my catalogue of um, photographs and I keep throwing new ones in there. And then today when I go out to the beach or down to the water and I see an opportunity, I then go, oh, if I do one of these monolith ones... Uh, with one photograph, I can actually add that to um, my collection and, and to this project, and 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 hence it keeps growing. But I don't use that um, bag of tricks all the time. It's uh, uh, sometimes I feel like I need a bit of focus. Um, sometimes I I. I, I dig my heels in and actually go really hard on the project. And other times I just, uh, I follow my interest of, uh, of what's going on and is stimulating me right at this moment um, uh, that's coming out of uh, the subject or uh, out of my feelings. So uh, I dip in there occasionally, but I don't dip in there religiously as a, as a way of working. Does that make sense, Bree? Yeah, so we don't always have to be working in or on a project, right? Like sometimes our minds just want to wander wherever they wander when we're when when we're being creative or in the act of you know you know having some creativity. Um, 
And I was also thinking too, uh, you know, we talked earlier about growth, like a project might be something we want to do for some growth. And, and I have a little, um, Instagram, I'll, I like on Instagram, I have a little hashtag Texas trees because I think trees are, and now you're going to, you're going to dive because <laughs> I know you love photographing trees, but I think trees are really complicated. And I have in the past shied away from photographing trees because I had this thought that, that they're, you know, so complicated and they're chaotic, which they kind of are. Right. And so I have, I have kind of thought sometimes when I'm out, I think, and I and I'm in a place that there that there are a lot of trees. I think, ooh, maybe there's something here that can contribute to that, and there's a way I can work on that that will help me grow in my craft, like in my art, and um, and so, so so that's something that I'm working on on a personal level to like improve myself because I because I personally think it will improve my own photography. So so we can we can do a project that way too. Yeah, I am. Um... I love photographing trees and, and you know that I'm so pleased you talk about that because it's one of my absolute passions um, is and photographing them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and fun fact, fun fact, everyone, Len hugs the trees that he loves the trees. So oh, someday right. I'm coming there to Sydney and we'll hug trees together. <laughs> oh, fantastic. That'll be good. I can, I can demand a hug um, too, I think. Um, they, they, I love touching them and feeling right. oh, them yes, and talking absolutely. to them and all those sort of <laughs> things too. But uh, if I photograph trees all the same way, um, I, I risk becoming stale and uh, um, my work maybe becomes uh, uh, too obvious. So I... The, pro the greater project is photographing trees, and then I, I, I'll even um, subcategorize them. Uh, like at the moment, I'm my f I've only really just worked out that one of my favorite, absolute favorite trees is an angophora, and they're they're, they're called apple gums and all sorts of beautiful names, and they've got a gorgeous red soft bark, and so a, a project just on them has arisen because I noticed I hadn't been, I hadn't actually successfully photographed one. And one of the reasons was that they're so bright and colourful, um, I hadn't really explored their form or the other aspects of it. And I'd, I'd been sidetracked by their beautiful colours, like a, you know, like a colourful sunset or something that um, distracts me from um, uh, the form and the shape of things. So uh, now... I go out with this in my mind and I'm looking for them and then I'm trying to explore and see what else I can do with them. And after a while, I noticed that they were actually becoming similar. So I was oh, hang on, I have to, I really have to work so much harder uh, exploring to come up with a, a new way of doing it. So uh, it gives me a bit of a framework, but the framework, Brie, is really, really loose, and uh, I think that's an incredible important part for me, that when I'm uh, doing goal setting and uh, setting projects, that I keep things reasonably loose so that I, I can keep adding to it, but it's not so finite at the end 
that um, it restricts me in a way that's uh, not so creative. Yeah, and um, to add to that, it's it, it is interesting. Uh, like I like I love I love going to the dunes. We have some really white gypsum dunes here that I you know you and I have talked about this. I love 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 going there and and I'm photographing them, and I'm noticing from the first time that I went, the first time I was taking making like wide angle photographs and and trying to you know. Uh, you know, just take in the whole landscape of it. And as I go back, I explore it even in more depth. And so now I'm, now I like going and still making photographs of the whole landscape, but exploring it more in depth with the textures and, um, and, and the smaller, more like the smaller, interesting parts that I'm noticing now that I've been there more often and then I'm seeing it in greater depth and that's what as we do a project then we kind of we get deeper into the subject that we're um, that we're exploring and I think that's how that's how a project can be really how can how it can be really personal to us is is yes, we see it in this grand, you know, scheme like this this overarching subject, but it's as we get down into the the smaller parts that really become expressive for us um, and and really show what uh, who we are on a personal level. Um, and I I really love that part showing who I am as a person. And being able to say something that's unique to me, that is where the creativity really lies, doesn't it? Like in exploring that in, in a greater depth, something in a greater depth, I think. That's such a beautiful um, way of thinking about it because that that actually happens to me too. I, I, the first time I go somewhere, I'm overwhelmed. Um, I take... Uh, I, well, sometimes, uh, and I feel compelled to take the obvious work, and uh, I, I, I miss all the details. And then, the longer I spend there, or the more times I revisit, uh, the more in touch with it I become. And uh, the, the the comment that you made there about uh, it's your exploration of it shows you who you are as a person, and. Uh, it takes time, doesn't it, to to, to step away from uh, what is flooding us uh, with stimulation to actually get down to what is really talking to me here and uh, uh, what part of me really wants to come out in this beautiful place. Uh, I'm always revisiting uh, locations and projects and subjects so that I can find out who I am uh, and what they mean to me in more depth. So I'm always returning, uh, and I'm always asking, what can it teach me? What what part of me is uh, excited from this, or uh, who am I uh, by who who am I uh, as I'm exploring something visually? And do you know, Bria? I, I find that answer so often in my work. It, it's it's like this mirror that um, reflects itself back at myself, 
And uh, I think that's so, so beautiful. And now that uh, once you figure that out, that gives you a, a, a way forward to, to, to think about how you're going to approach something new maybe or a new project because we know that it takes time and uh, uh, it takes this getting to know um, and us relaxing so that ourselves come out in things. It's so beautiful. It is beautiful. Like, well, I can't think of a better beautiful work than to um, explore something, you know, in depth like that and then what it teaches us. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. really, that's really awesome. So um, you have on here, oh, maybe we covered this, titles for projects. Do you give them, like you said it's important to title your projects. Like, can you talk to us more about that? Uh, yeah, because uh, when I dip into my bag, um, I want enough of a structure in there to know what I'm dipping into um, and going to pull out for my idea. And uh, the titles, they just come slowly and uh, not all of mine have titles. Um, many don't. Uh, one of my projects I work on is uh, uh, native orchids uh, photographed in uh, in situ in uh, their natural environment found as, as found objects, um, as opposed to buying them in a flower shop and bringing them home. So uh, I'm wandering the bush and, and looking for orchids. Now, I, I do that because that project uh, celebrates and um, brings back my father. My father showed me my first orchids in the bush. And, Bria, you haven't been to Australia yet, but uh, I'll show you when you come. These orchids are only uh, maybe an inch or a couple of centimetres. <laughs> yeah, you'll get here. Um, they're only a centimetre or uh, up to an, or two or three <laughs> centimetres an inch. Um, in size, and they're absolutely tiny. Uh, some of them are even smaller and uh, only a quarter of an inch in size. And uh, learning to see them is, is another whole thing. And so photographing them uh, reminds me of my father. And in a sense, I'm, I'm creating a homage to him by photographing them. And I've never seen, and this is my creative thinking going on and being trying to be unique, I've never seen a monochrome series of these orchids. And uh, so I'm working on that because they're so colourful. Um, it takes a lot of guts to photograph them without the colour, I think. And so I'm, I'm actually actively collecting orchid photographs and I still haven't even titled what that's going to be. And uh, this project is so big, Brie, that it's going to be a whole book. And I know and can feel what it's going to be, but the title of it hasn't come yet. But the, the framework is enough to know uh, what it is that I'm looking for. And whenever I go out bushwalking, um, my radar is checking out to see if there's any orchids there. And if one pops up, uh, I stop photographing trees and I engage in that project. So that project doesn't have a title, but it has a framework. Whereas other ones, uh, I use a title to help sort them out. Uh, I also keep changing the titles on some of them. I'm, I'm working on a series, uh, uh, it's called Touche Trees at the moment, <laughs> and I've changed the name of it so many times. And uh, it's doing abstract um, photographs of trees 
and uh, a touche is a lithographic ink. And uh, I'm, my minor at art school was lithography um, and printmaking. Uh, I also do a lot of etching um, as well. And I'm trying to create sort of a drawn um, pen in uh, ink and wash sort of um, feeling to my photographs of trees. And so at first I called them ink. When I first did them, it's like, oh, this is about ink. And I even started doing them as uh, black and white instead of sepia. Uh, and then today they're called touche trees and it's more of a celebration of one particular ink that I remember in my uh, younger years. So the name for me is a game, uh, a creative game that I get to play with and uh, when I put them together in a book, it doesn't necessarily have to be called touche trees and maybe something else will shift and come out of that. But by naming them and playing with those names, I'm actively trying to find the relationships um, back into my life that has drawn me to those photographs. And I'm trying to find the deeper psyche that uh, underlies the work. And as you just said earlier, it's about getting to know yourself. Um, through my work. Uh, so the naming, for me, helps me play with that. Um, and, and sometimes I, the name just doesn't come yet, and uh, uh, who knows when it does. Uh, actually, I asked my assistant when she's who designing knows? some of my books <laughs> uh, to come up with the names because uh, it can be so hard. <laughs> it can be really, really hard. Well, uh, Sometimes we are so close to our work that it can be difficult to give it a title. Like as it, like it, it, I don't know, I don't know what it is. Um, but it, it could for me sometimes it's just so personal that maybe that's why I have a hard time putting something into a name. Um, I also wanted to. Uh, there's a photographer named Chloe Lodge, and I have her book for the love of the photograph. We will put a link to that in the show notes. Um, she, she talks about in her book here, she talks about, uh, uh, projects and, um, and she talks about doing a project for practice, which is kind of what I'm doing with my trees. Um, but she's, She's also talking about, too, she also gives some ideas about how uh, a project might be good, like timed. Like some people have done a 365-day project or like a once-a-week or a once-a-month thing. I find it really hard to do a 365-day project because <laughs> maybe that's me. I just want to be a little bit more free and not feel like I have to do something every day or give myself the assignment that I want to do something every day. Um, but what I do think, uh, I do think she is. So what, a, these are two things I really love that she says. So a project can be a chapter, um, committing to like an unending time. Like uh, she says, it could be the first year of your child's life or maybe like summertime or, um, it could be a season or, or just something, or just something like that, uh, that, that doesn't really have, it's a kind of a loose time. Um, but it's kind of like, a uh, just a chapter in our lives. Right. And she also talks too about, she says, um, she says it's also could be fun to record a journey. 
Um, she says, uh, journal, and this is like, I think as photographers, we journal. And so maybe this applies to writers or painters or, you know, maybe a musician that, um, you know, wants to create a music for a, a journey in their life. Um, as she says, journal with light color and texture to remember and return. And I kind of like that. So, and then, um, and she also says, go it alone or collaborate. And I was also thinking too, like, this is a project for us. This collaboration is you don't always have to do a project by yourself. You can do it. Like you can do it in collaboration with someone else, right? Aren't you doing a project with someone else? I mean, besides this affair podcast. <laughs> oh, definitely. And, um, I, I love working in collaboration and it's something that I, do you know, Brie, I, I love it so much that I jump on it at any opportunity I can and I try to bring as many of them in because I find them motivating. Uh, I find them inspiring. Uh, I, I find them incredibly fulfilling. So, uh, you know, creating this, this conversation that we're having, uh, uh, this creative affair, uh, by having you do it with me and uh, vice versa, we actually get it done. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we turn on and we see each other and our faces um, light up and uh, we're so much more engaged with the project, which is talking about all these amazing things. And, uh, it, you know, we I look forward to, to recording this and, and I, I look forward to the discussions that we have beforehand and, and the ones after and all those sort of things. So, yeah, collaboration... We're, it's so big. We need to have a whole episode just on collaboration, I, I think. Oh, we will. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we will. And by the way, for anyone that's listening, we also... Um, we record these on video, so they're up on YouTube. Um, so you can go to a creativeaffairpodcast.com and that sh it should take it. Or you can go to a creative affair. I forget what it is on YouTube. Anyway, um, well, I'll put a link to that in the notes. <laughs> so, so if you want to see our beautiful faces, Len is always in sepia in monochrome <laughs> and I am always in full color. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and somehow we make that work. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, but the collaboration is, uh, can be a really, it can be motivating and it can boost our, um, like doing a project with someone else can also boost our creativity because I think some of the things that we've thought up here that we're discussing, wouldn't have necessarily come to be if I was doing it by myself or if you were doing it by yourself. I think the collaboration makes things feel more rich and even more complete than they would have been otherwise. Mm. Yes, very much so. Um, I've got, well, I've, I've collaborated with a photographer where we actually put our, we, we designed photo shoots, we, we did them together and we actually put our work into a pool and pulled it out and actually told the world that we both took the photograph as a um, as one person as such. A bit like uh, Gilbert and George. There's actually quite a, a rich history of very famous artists that work in, um, in partnership where um, the individual isn't uh, differentiated. Um, I, I love collaborations. I've even tr I've tried that. Um, I'm working on books with other people at the moment, I'm working with writers, I'm working with a dancer um, uh, to do a book on trees. Uh, it's it's so so special, um, which brings <laughs> me to another issue that I think we we 
we need to talk about, and and that is to do with the size of the project and the scope of it um, dictates how complex or how loose the plan needs to be. And uh, this is where what Guy Tao says was an exploration. He's, by calling it that, he's actually hiving off some of his projects and saying, well, I give myself permission not to finish these. Uh, these are just ideas. Um, I'm actually just seeing what happens when I go down this path. And other projects, uh, like your impossible goal one, are huge, aren't they? Like, yes. and, and they take this. They take a year of your life, or they, a couple of years, and you work on them and work on them. And I'm sure, Bree, that that project focused you in at a, po- a point in your life where that's all you could think about. Yes, and, and because because it was it was like it was multiple projects in one big goal, right? So um, it. it I, well, it felt like that anyway. <laughs> and because I was working on all kinds of different parts of it, uh, seemingly simultaneously, and then I would get to I, I would get to a part where the one part was done, but then I had to create a new part of the of the project, right? To, to kind of where I had to learn that. So one of the projects that I actually part of that actually that I did was um, learning how to print my own work. Um, I, I decided I would buy a printer and I didn't know that that was going to be difficult. <laughs> so I'm laughing because I know how hard it is yes. um, to get a and, printer and, going. And, and, Yes. And so I would tell people, oh, I bought a printer. I'm going to print my own work. And they would say, oh, really? You're going to print? And I would think, yeah, sure. What's the big deal? I mean, it's like in the box still. And so when I finally got it out and learned, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like learning photography all over again, because I, I like it's so technical and there's there's an art to it and matching and just experimenting with papers. And so that was a project within the project that and and listen, I could have stopped. I could have said it doesn't matter if I have the printer I don't want to do this part. I can just send it to someone and they can print everything. Like I really could have done that. But once I had it, I thought, why not? <laughs> so, 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 um, so yeah, so that's what I did. And, and it's been really interesting to learn and to be able to print my own work now. It's really actually helping me now to like you, I was just thinking about printing my own work when you were talking about your monoliths project um, that you would print and kind of see how they go together, and I, I that that is something now that I have the skills to do is to print my own work, and um, or I can, you know, print a gift for someone. I it's it's just something now that's added to because I did that project. It's added to the list of things that that now I have the, the skills to do. And, um, and it's really fun. So fun to print, you know, it's so fun yeah, to see is, your work. A, in that nothing 3D. better than a day um, with a, with a box of paper and a, and a, a full box a set of chem, um, print uh, inks <laughs> and printing your work out. Um, some, some of our projects, these really big ones, uh, I have my examples as well, like opening an art gallery, uh, which are, are huge and then they require right. project management and then 
uh, forced me to learn skills. Like I learnt the skill of um, framing and I actually, I, I handmade my frames and I even milled the timber and made the frame and then learned to cut glass and then cut mounts and the whole thing uh, became a, a whole set of new skills and we can use them. But because I was on a timeline and I'd rented the premises, um, I, I really had to knuckle down and learn some of these things that I'd committed to. And I absolutely love that in a project, that a project sometimes, not always, these really big ones can actually guide me with new skills. Um, like a, I might be doing an exhibition. Yeah. Um, and when I book an exhibition, Brie, I actually keep it really, really loose and I just book the show and I don't have a title and uh, I don't even know what I'm going to put in there. Uh, I just have a timeline. So I'm actually creating a, a, a date as the goal to have my exhibition ready. And, and then I figure out all the stuff um, beforehand. And yeah, I'll be swapping around and changing the artworks the, um, the day before I'm hanging them. And that's just who I am. And I love the pressure of last minute. But in that exhibition, I might suddenly say, I want to put a book in. And so that suddenly creates another whole set of skills that I need to work on. So uh, I think the point of that is that, you know, there's big, big, huge life-changing projects um, like that. And then there's the little ones, like uh, we're out wandering along and you notice a really beautiful tree and you notice uh, the light behind it and it's backlit. And then you start playing with this notion of silhouettes. And that's a, a, a very, very different project. And uh, uh, the difference between them, even though we're grouping them together as projects or even as little goal-setting things, um, we're using them as a way to order our minds um, for enjoyment while we're doing things that we absolutely love doing. I find that fascinating and uh, projects can go from this huge monumental one or ones down to ones that might only last 10 minutes or um, keep us engaged for a short period of time. Uh, I want to quote to you something. Or, um, or, like, a, or like a day. Oh, yes. yeah, go ahead. Oh, uh, this I was going to um, say like a, could be a day where you photograph where you photograph the more the morning all the way into the night or something like that. Um, and, and one other thing before you read that quote, uh, lens work does he, uh, Brooks Jensen does the seeing in sixes and that's a little mini project. Six photographs is like, it kind of like a mini project. And so you can group things together like that, that are very, that can be very small, but also they can be really powerful too. Okay. Sorry. What were you going to say? What's the quote that you were going to oh, tell all um, of us? Uh, this is by Christo. Uh, do you know who Christo is? Um, uh, he's a, I don't. Uh, oh, oh okay. I think so. Yes. Yeah. He's a, he's that um, lovely artist who wraps things up. Uh, like a, like Christmas presents and uh, uh, shows us different things. And in fact, he actually came to Australia once and uh, he wrapped a little bay 
Like he wrapped a whole section of the Australian coast, so it was hidden behind um, all this uh, canvas calico things. And he actually does this with his um, wife, Jean Claude, and they they wrap things now. Um, actually, there's a very famous wrapping going on right today um, in Paris, where uh, the their nephew. Uh, has actually wrapped the Arch de Triomphe in Paris um, today. And uh, it's a, a quite a famous uh, uh, thing at the moment to go and visit and see this wrapped object. And that talks about, you know, what's hidden and, and the surprise behind there. And actually now people can see the true form of the arch instead of um, the, the details hidden behind the wrapping. Anyway... I love his work, but uh, he has this beautiful quote. That's so quote, creative and, I, and interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. It's, fasc- it's fascinating, isn't it? Uh, but his quote is, all our projects are like fabulous expeditions. The story of each project is unique. Our projects have no precedent. And I I think that's one of the things that we've um, been talking about today is that uh, each one has different parameters. Each one tells a different story. Each one we frame and we work on in a unique way. And it's actually the project dictates the requirements around it. And uh, that's honestly, when we're talking about how do we actually manage them and and order them and think about them, uh, uh, the artwork and the, the project that you're working on, uh, whether it is an artwork or a collection of them or, you know, a musical piece or an essay, uh, it dictates uh, the parameters that you need to um, control it uh, and that you used to, to keep it going and to, to keep that spark alive and uh, to keep ourselves really, really focused on it. It's so, so beautiful. Yeah, I love, I love that. I love that part that the project is what helped dictates what, what it looks like. And that kind of brings me to, um, like, so sometimes we have obstacles to our projects and that Mm. is one of them. One of the obstacles can be that thought, oh, by the way, are all our obstacles, it's all in our minds. Everything is in our mind. All the obstacles, <laughs> those are just things that we think up. And that's okay, right? Like like if something physically is like in our way, for sure we can be creative and get around it, right? Like and I yeah. think we talked about this with goals too. But one of the one of our thoughts that can keep us from doing projects is that thought like I don't know how to do it. And when we understand that the project itself will actually help dictate how it goes and we just do a little bit at a time and let let the work kind of speak to us and having this conversation right between us and the project that's going on that we will figure out how to do it we don't have to know how it's going to look at the end and 100% if we did know it wouldn't probably be as fun because when i 
like when I know, when I think I know exactly how things are going to work out and I'm always disappointed in some way. Um, and I don't give the project the opportunity to flourish into something that, uh, could be even better than what I, what, what I could have imagined. Right. Um, and so that, that's also another obstacle is we don't leave room enough room for the growth and exploration that we, um, we kind of limit ourselves into thinking we know exactly how it's going to go. And we don't give ourselves the room to grow and explore and just kind of let the project, uh, um, kind of have a mind of its own, right? We don't let our subconscious brains work on it in this amazing way that it could. So thoughts on that, Lynn, (laughs) have you run into that before? Well, I just wanted to to tell you, um, you know, when you said uh, it's all in our minds, uh, uh, it reminds me, that's why we uh, adore you so much, that that, it's so, so special and uh, um, because it's so true. And it's a, it's a belief that I have as well that um, our biggest enemy as an artist is our own mind um, and uh, what's going on in there. And uh, it, it causes our fears, it, it blocks us, it, it causes us to worry. And uh, uh, stepping back, learning right. to uh, play with that and actually use our minds in a powerful way uh, is the secret to success, isn't it? and to shaping these projects. Um, I, I think that uh, we do yeah. get we do get really caught up on on, on um, uh, finishing things sometimes uh, to our own detriment. So uh, I've met some people that have to finish their project quickly and then move on to the next one. And uh, in doing so, they don't actually give time for their subconscious to play with things. And then I know people that, um, who, you know, are not very good at completing and finishing things. uh, And so they keep starting new ones. And I'm incredibly guilty of that and having so many balls in the air that inevitably I drop some because there's too many up in the air at once. And uh, uh, that metaphor is important for me to try and wrestle with. And uh, uh, sometimes I let them go. So I start projects and uh, as I'm working on it, the project tells me that it needs space and time and I put them down and sometimes I don't pick them up again ever. Or maybe I haven't picked them up yet and And uh, I don't worry about it. Yeah, go. Yeah, but I think that can be... That can be sort of a detriment in our minds to um, to working on other projects if we kind of have this guilty feeling like, oh, we worked on this one project for so long, it's my baby, how can I leave it, you know? <laughs> so, um, and, and you know, we can just give ourselves permission to let things go. I mean, we're creatives. If we want, if, if we don't feel like working on it, why should we? Like, we can just allow ourselves to just release those or even or even tell ourselves like what you said, we're just going to put it aside for a little while and I don't have to work on this right now. Like maybe we aren't in the mind space to be able to do those things, right? Like maybe it becomes uninteresting for a little while, but then in two more years, we're like, oh, 
I remember that project. Oh, and now all of a sudden we have some amazing addition to it. So that's what I'm saying. Like, like, like what you're saying too, is that timeline. Why give it some, some of them we want to say, oh, this is the time, right? Like a, like an exhibition. And then some of them, we just want to do the exploration for the actual like exploration sake and be contributing to this um, to like a consistent subject, right? Like your, um, like your orchids or the monoliths, but it, we don't have to feel, we don't, we don't have to somehow feel guilty that we're not doing it. Like every time we go out, we can just go to the sea and enjoy ourselves without a camera, without feeling like we have to work on this project, right? And so that's why I'm saying our brains will, our brains will be our own obstacle, right? Um, and also, if we're thinking about being in this big rush, like, oh, I thought of this project, I have to rush to complete it, like, I have to, you know, for sure. Here, here's the thing: for sure, if I go out into um, my backyard, which has kind of been a fun little project for me. I like, I like my trees and I, we have some gorgeous skies here and I've been fit, trying to figure out how to piece those together. But if I go outside one evening and, and I'm wandering with my camera, just kind of, you know, thinking I'm just going to, uh, anyway, I'm going out if I have this thought, like I have to make an image, like I ha I have to contribute to the project it's kind of a weird conundrum that it's actually going to block me from actually making something to contribute. Whereas if I just go out and explore and think, maybe if I, maybe if I see something, right? Letting your brain, remember that, what, what did I call it? I'm sorry, the reticular activating system, letting your brain just work on that and filter the land, like the landscape or whatever it is that you're working on, filter for you, then then your brain will be able to be open, your mind will be open to those ideas rather than making it so focused and tight and I have to do this and what happens if I don't do it? And all of, all of those thoughts for sure will be detrimental to actually doing the project in the way, in our unique way um, that we want to do. So... Hmm. It's all any in other, our minds. Any other isn't obstacles it? for you? I have another one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, do you? Oh, oh, oh what is totally. it? Tell, what, tell me, tell me. I'm, I'm oh, interested well, to hear. <laughs> I also have another obstacle. Um, if we are overly critical of ourselves, and, and I, I know maybe overly critical isn't quite the right, but if we have some sort of uh, negative judgment about our work, um, and we're always, you know, if I go out to photograph trees and I'm like, oh, that was terrible, you know, then I'm actually never creating any work for the project because I'm always thinking, oh, this is so terrible. I can't add that to the project. Or I can treat it as some sort of a way to grow, right? Maybe I don't add it to the project, but maybe it's my best image yet, right? And so when those those um, those thoughts about being so critical, when we're so critical about ourselves, will will distract us from actually being really creative and and completing uh, or working on the projects. If if we're not able to just be creative. Um, then I don't know. I don't think we're going to be able to do our best work in our in in these 
in whatever we're working on. Have you mm. had that? I for sure have had that. I've been out and judging my own images and then it just doesn't, nothing works. It's like a day where nothing works. And so, uh, you know, have you had experience with that? Len? Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely have. And, uh, uh, it's a mind game, isn't it? Actually working on, uh, creativity is so much about what's going on in our minds and uh, having these ups and downs uh, and uh, figuring out which ones are hindrances, which ones block us and get us in our way, uh, and the ones that actually help. Uh, I've had moments in my life where I look at my art and I go, oh, wow, it's beautiful, it's the best, aren't I fantastic? And then I've had other moments where I compare myself to others and I think that my work is absolutely terrible. And why, what's the point of it? And um, uh, it isn't really any good. And uh, learning to get rid of those um, uh, damaging thoughts uh, is such an important part in that growth of, of doing that. And in, instead of worrying about those finding things that we should be worrying about, which is um, helping us to focus at certain times, and at other times, uh, going with the flow and just being present uh, instead of being anxious about yes. things that were in the past or um, being anxious about things that are going to happen in the future. Uh, to be creative is actually a journey about becoming truly present with, um, with your artwork and that creating moment that you're in right now. Uh, it's a mind game. Absolutely and, a mind game. And also, and also it, it's about being present, but also being really comfortable with ourselves and who we are and what we're, what we're doing and what we have to say. Mm. Um, and I think that is one of the things that, uh, one of the benefits of doing um, a, a project like, you know, uh, combining something into a group or whatever is over uh like i'm thinking about it in photography like if i had 10 images uh, as a project whatever it was those all rather than just the one that would say something about me but how do all of the rest say something really unique and special about me or whatever i want to say it's like it's a whole it's a whole story that um that we're you know putting out there for the world um and anyway i think that's I think that's a really lovely way to think about a project is what kind of story would I like to tell um, in the world about me. Oh, we've, I've, we've actually had quite a few ideas today about um, future episodes, and I think story <laughs> making is one of them. And I think also this self-critique is another um, one that we should really um, explore. Some of these ideas that you're, you're mentioning that are blocks – um, uh, we really do need to explore in further episodes. And uh, this really reminds me, Bree, that this is why we're here talking about these things, isn't it? It's a, uh, We're talking about not the, the physical act of um, uh, uh, making better art. Um, we're talking about what's going on in our mind as creatives to be more connected with our artworks, aren't we? Uh, we're, uh, we're talking yeah, about practical things sure. about being a creative and uh, uh, that 
we keep coming back to these as the, as the main um, reason behind this whole show and uh, having these beautiful conversations. Uh, it, it's about understanding the the process of being a creative and and uh, I, I know as I age. Uh, the more experience I get as being a creative, the more comfortable I come with myself and uh, the process and uh, being able to go with the flow uh, and enjoying that very much so. Well, Brie, I think that's I one think... thing that I've learned. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yes. I was going to say, that's one thing that I have learned as as being a creative is how to be more comfortable with myself and what I have to say to the world. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's a it's about trusting ourselves, isn't it? Um, and it's also about trusting yeah. the process and uh, trusting the artwork. When we say trust the process, we mean uh, trusting making uh, the art, whether it's a, a, a written piece or a um, a painting or a musical, uh, trusting it will will help guide us, and that um, by working on it, we will actually get somewhere from it. And uh, uh, what's going on in our own self-talk is an incredibly important part of that. And the more comfortable we are, the better we are at that. Uh, well, Bree, that was another fascinating and insightful conversation. <laughs> Do you know, I, I absolutely love sharing this with you and I, I, I bounced out of bed this morning. I'm so excited to see you, um, uh, look at your gorgeous face and, and see your beautiful earrings and, uh, uh, and, and get in, into things here. Um, but, do you know, we have a few questions for you listeners um, uh, to ask you. Do you have any projects? Uh, do you have big ones? Do you have small ones? Uh how do you work on achieving them? Uh, I think that's the one of the important questions that we'd like to ask you to to think about uh, by becoming more cognizant and uh, figuring out how you do work on your projects and the big ones and the little ones, of course. Uh, uh, the better it becomes, uh, the better you become at actually working on them. So we invite you. Um, to make some projects, uh, whether it's a, a project of passion or uh, an impossible goal. Anyway, uh, we would love you to keep the conversation <laughs> going with us. Um, uh, so why not keep the, the, the conversation flowing by engaging with a conversation with us? Uh, tell us about your projects. Tell us about how you focus on it and uh, what you've learnt about it. And to do that, uh, you can email us at create at a creative affair podcast.com. So... You like um, saying affair, don't you? Oh, I do. <laughs> I, I love having an affair. <laughs> and I absolutely love flirting. My God, that's my whole life. Um, it's so, so much fun. And uh, um, uh, now that I know where you get your name for, I've got a whole lot of lovely material to work from. So I'm so excited by Fabulous. that. Fabulous. <laughs> oh, well, you know this, but uh, I, I run a photography school and it's called Lens School. 
Um, I started it when visitors to my art gallery in Katoomba in the Blue Mountains started having conversations with me about my art and my photography. Uh, I'm an art teacher and I've been a professional educator my whole life. And uh, transitioning into teaching photography full time was actually incredibly easy. In fact, it was so easy that um, uh, running an art gallery, uh, I realised was actually uh, uh, such a hard thing and I'm better at teaching than I am um, selling my my work. But uh, I also produced the most gorgeous uh, limited edition um, journal uh, and it's called Lens Journal and it's about creative photography. And by the way, uh, the first edition is sold out, right? The first, yes. The first is sold out, and the second still has more copies, and the third is just about to come out. Correct? Yeah, that's right. We're sending the the third edition off to the printer in the next few days, and I think I've got four copies left of uh, edition two. So uh, it's Uh-oh. so so exciting. Maybe by the time this comes out. <laughs> Maybe by the time this comes out, those will all be gone. So I'm sorry if they are, but you could possibly get the third edition. Or if those are all sold out, you can just subscribe and get your own. How amazing is that? So, well, and it's cheaper I subscribe, if you subscribe. And it's beautiful. <laughs> right. It's cheaper oh, yes, when you subscribe. Sure. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And, you know, we both like one of the one of the things that we both love is we both love teaching. And um, I think that's one of the things that have that has brought us together in this collaboration. Um, And and I I would love for all you listeners to understand that if you are feeling stuck, because sometimes we get stuck creatively um, or somewhere in our lives. So if you're feeling stuck creatively, you can go to my website, which is Creative Minds Coach minds with an s coach.com you can sign up for a discovery call it's totally free get to chat with me one-on-one how fun is that and um and that's where i show you how i can teach you how to get unstuck and be your best creative self and it's it's about sharing and it's about learning and um it's just a it's kind of a beautiful collaboration um in, in a way. So, um, so you can go to uh, creativemindscoach.com and sign up for a discovery call. And as always, links to all of the things that we talked about will be in the show notes, um, or you can visit us at, and you can see those at a creativeaffairpodcast.com. And if you enjoyed the episode, be sure to subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcast app. I think Apple is, you have to follow people. Um, and you can also subscribe to our email. So go to uh, creativeaffairpodcast.com and you can subscribe to our email list and we'll notify you um, of any fun things. Like we've got some fun things in the works. We're going to be having clubhouse conversations that, uh, that uh, you know, where we can build on the conversations that we have here. So if you go, to th- if you go on there um, and you can subscribe to our newsletter, we will let you know when those are going to happen. So it's really fabulous. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about those. How about you, Lynn? He's going to oh, say yes. It's kind of yes, of course I am. <laughs> and uh, if you subscribe to our newsletter, you can get the podcast in your email and it'll arrive in your email box. Yes. So that's an easy way to listen to us. Yeah. 
and you don't even have to do anything. It just comes to you. You click on it. You listen to us chat, and then you can visit us on Clubhouse and you know, or email us. So, Len, this was really yes, fun. Bray. I'm sad. We have to go. We have to end now. We're done. But we are. Until next time, please go out. Enjoy getting out into the botanic else and gardens. Right? You just went out and yes. elsewhere to practice your own beautiful art. I hope you do. Bye, Bree, and uh, thank you for another lovely uh, episode of A Creative Affair.